All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 89, and the Cleveland Browns lost another football game. Tough, tough loss. I'm going to get into uh, my whole trip to Atlanta, but you know, the most disappointing part was my birthday was yesterday, and I wanted the Browns to win for me. It's very important having a fall birthday that your football teams win for you. Ohio State did, and the Browns were not able to get it done. And I just, I would like to know why my football team doesn't respect me the way I, I cheer for them and am there for them and travel across the country for them. I stay awake for 24 hours straight for them, and they can't win a football game for me. Very upsetting. Um, but yes, I did go to Atlanta for the game. My parents and I decided to take a 14 hour trip. We were in Atlanta for a total of 14 hours from the time our plane landed there to the time our plane took off for back to Cleveland. So one of the the quickest trips you can imagine, but, uh, the things that we will do for our football team, it was actually like genuinely very fun trip you know I got to make a great memory with my parents and they're also just crazy Browns fans like I am so the build-up to the game was very exciting Uh, but truly I had to wake up at 4 a.m. to get to the airport we fly down there all day eat dinner after the game go back to the airport our flight didn't take off until like 11 p.m. so by the time I got back to Cleveland it was about 1 a.m. You know, you got to drive home, you got to shower, all that stuff. So at that point, I was like, wow, I think I've been awake for 24 hours now. It was uh, it was really something. And God, there's, there's nothing worse than having to travel back somewhere after a loss. Like, so much easier after a win, the time flies. <laughs> but after a loss, it is just brutal and heartbreaking. But um, I'll get into what I thought of the stadium and some of that other stuff later when I get into the mailbag questions because there was some stuff in there about that. But overall, um, really great trip. Uh, Would highly recommend going to a game there. Um, It's an easy flight too from Cleveland to Atlanta if you are someone who lives in Cleveland. I mean, so many different direct flights there and it was you know, on the way there, it was like an hour and 20 minute flight, pretty short. So it's, it's really not that bad. I always in my mind think Atlanta is so much further South, but since it's at the like Northern part of Georgia, uh, it's really a lot closer than, than I feel like we think it is. Uh, just in my mind, I kind of, this is probably the, you know, being as North in the country as you can be. I just kind of lump everything in the South together sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, far away. Um, but it really wasn't that bad. Pretty, pretty easy trip. Okay, so I want to get into a couple different things before I get into the Browns game, more specifically talking about the game. Um, First off, Evan Mobley injured. Uh, So I saw the notification yesterday on my phone and my heart sank immediately. Like you don't want you know, before the season has even started to be getting a notification with one of your players' names in it from like Bleacher Report or ESPN and a Bleacher Report notification popped up and the first two words were Evan Mobley and I was like, oh no, because it's not going to be good at that point. There's nothing happening right now that it would be good. Um, But luckily, it seems like he's only going to be out for one to two weeks. Um, Should be good to go for the regular season. Obviously, they'll keep monitoring him and, you know, anything can happen with recovery. And, you know, maybe he has to miss the first regular season game or something, but hopefully he will be good to go. I am just grateful it is not something worse 
because we don't need that. We need this team to stay healthy because when Mobley and Jared Allen got hurt last season towards the end, that was what derailed our season. So hoping for the best for this team because they deserve to stay healthy. (laughs) Um, And then this weekend, we have the Guardians starting off their playoff series. Very exciting. A lot of build up to this and not even knowing yet who our opponent is going to be, but I am super pumped um, and just excited for them to see what happens. Uh, They are I talked about it on, I think it was the last episode, but just such a young, exciting team that's easy to root for. And I am really hoping that people in Cleveland will be showing up pumped and excited for these games. I've, you know, just been monitoring the the crowds at the last few games. And there was one, I want to say on Saturday, that was almost a sellout. So that was good to see and just hoping people show up for that team. So if you have the financial means to, Try to get some tickets and go to a game because the team deserves all the love in the world. Um, okay, so then uh, Ohio State this weekend beat Rutgers 49-10. to Good old Rutgers, man. They just, they take a beating from, uh, from us pretty much every year. I remember when I was in college, um, they just, they were like the one team beyond everyone else that you could just guarantee you were going to win by at least like 30 points and... I feel for them. That's uh, that's got to be tough, but it was um, it was a nice, solid win where you felt like we played pretty good across the board. We got we gave up that weird touchdown early, but from that point on, we only let them score another three points. So it was um, a solid performance from the defense, which I think they definitely needed, and obviously an incredible performance offensively. Mayan Williams with five touchdowns is just silly good, and. The same way that the Browns have a very exciting one-two punch, man, this Ohio State team has the most exciting one-two punch in Mayan and Travion. Just two awesome, awesome running backs who complement each other very well and are good at different things. It is funny how similar it is to the Browns in that way, Um, but I just appreciate having this is gonna make me sound like so old school but having football teams that prioritize running the ball because you know back in my day no I'm like I'm not that old but um I just know the game has shifted to focus on passing so much more so it's I just think running the ball is fun and it's fun to watch uh that I enjoy when you still get teams who prioritize that and are really good about that and care about um beating other teams in that way so I enjoy that both my teams prioritize that it's one thing that they do for me um Egbuka was great again I mean he's been really filling in nicely for the the hole that we've had with Smith and Jigba out I'm still not sure when he's going to be back I think they're being super careful with him wanting to save him um, for maybe some tougher opponents and not risking him like with Rutgers or a team like that we have Michigan State coming up here who hasn't been that great this year, so I have no idea if they're going to try to put him out there for that, but um, we'll see. I mean, he's obviously wants to protect himself too as he is trying to get drafted in the first round this coming year, so I um, understand why they are protecting him against some lesser opponents where you really don't need him to be out there in order to win. Um, so we will see about that. Okay, so getting in to the Falcons-Browns game. 
Um, rather than going straight to like summary and thoughts, I had so many mailbag questions this week that I felt like really covered the gamut of everything. Um, so it'll be easy for me to go through those and kind of just talk about the game through these questions. Um, I tried to answer as many as I could, but thank you guys for sending them in. That's very exciting. Um, but can't get to all of them. So I'm going to answer as many as possible. Okay. So I'll start with this one, um, just more general. What did you think of Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Atlanta fans? Uh, Beautiful stadium, like I said. It was a dome. They had the dome open. It's only a couple years old, the stadium. I think they built it in like 2018 or 2017 or something like that. Incredible stadium. You should definitely check it out if you have the opportunity to go there. Um, It was interesting because I didn't know this about Atlanta, but... They have a rule on Sundays that you cannot purchase liquor until 11. It apparently used to be like 1230 and they just passed a law recently that moved it to 11. Um, It's really weird. I think it has something to do with the fact that Chick-fil-A like owns everything in Atlanta and they have those weird, you know, religious rules for Sundays on what they, you know, like they're not open. Like even in the stadium they have like chick-fil-a things that can't be open for games on sundays so they can only be open on other days of the week when events are being hosted there it's really kind of crazy but i think it affects their alcohol rules so when we got there we were just walking around trying to find a bar or something to go into at like you know 9 a.m like you would at in cleveland on a game day but that was not an option there so we just had to get some starbucks um so i was very surprised by that because i just felt like they would party a little harder. Um, But I guess a lot of people also say that Atlanta is a very college sports focused town and not as much for their professional teams, which is interesting because they have NBA, MLB, and NFL. So I was pretty shocked to hear that from a bunch of people that they don't care that much or as much about their professional teams as they do um, college teams in the area. So thought that was interesting and when we went to tailgate it was like basically this it would be like their version of a muni lot but it was this big parking lot that was kind of below and when you look up you can see mercedes-benz stadium on one side and then you see i think it's state farm arena is where the hawks play on the other side so you're kind of just like in this little pit below it in a lot and i swear I'm not exaggerating when I say I saw like maybe 10 Falcons fans total in there and the rest were just swaths of Browns fans. Like, I think we all just were like, is this where we tailgate? Okay, we got to go somewhere. Um, And it was genuinely, I'm not exaggerating when I say all all Browns fans. Uh, So it was pretty cool to see the way we traveled. Obviously, once you get to the stadium, then there's plenty more uh, Falcons fans there. But I was just... I was surprised at their lack of uh, pre-game enthusiasm because we maybe it's just because we are historically bad that it's it's easier for us to be excited before a game and we really put all of our hopes and dreams into pre-game. Um, but yeah, they didn't have the uh, the same energy I would say that we have here. But you can't all be Cleveland, Ohio. You can't all be the Muni lot. So it is what it is. But um, I mean, the people were were nice and it was it was a fine experience so that is all I have to say about that okay so next question I'm going to go with 
is if you were the head coach, would you get Ford and Johnson on the field more than they are currently being utilized? Um, so first of all, Ford is on the IR now. He was just put on there. I saw him literally in the tunnel right in front of me walking past um, during the game, and I didn't even see the play he got injured on, but apparently it was one of the kickoffs that he was returning um, or the punts that he was returning. Uh, so that was a bummer. Uh, to see. And then I don't think I would get Darnish Johnson involved more. Our run game has been the only good consistent thing that we've had every single game so far. Um, Everything else has been kind of up and down between games. But as if you're talking about one group that you could point to that has been extremely efficient and good every single game, that would be the running backs between Nick and Kareem. So I don't really think you need to change anything up right now and get Jarnish Johnson some more time. Um, I think what they're doing right now with the run game is perfectly fine. And they shouldn't run the ball more, even though people keep saying that. We run the ball more than like everyone else. We don't need to run the ball more. We are we are fine as it is. So just had to throw that in there too. Okay, um, let's go with... I'm going to kind of combine these two questions. So one is who is to blame for the Falcons' loss. And then the other is do you think Kevin Stefanski is the problem? I feel like these are kind of... The two big conversations happening right now is who are we putting blame on and is it Kevin? Um, I do not think Kevin Stefanski is the problem right now. Do I think Kevin made some bad calls in that game? Sure, and hindsight is twenty twenty, and you'd like to have some things back that didn't work out the way you wanted to and a, a couple calls maybe he should have made differently. Um, but at the same time, like, Kevin is always going to be an aggressive play caller. Uh, I know a lot of people got very upset about the fact that we did not go uh, just kick the field goal on the first drive when it was fourth and three on the Falcons four. Um, I have no problems with him doing that. Like you sometimes have to go for it. And part of going for it is missing sometimes. Like you're going to be wrong sometimes and it's not going to work out. uh, But The reason you are aggressive and do it like that is because you expect that some of the time you're going to be right and it is going to pay off handsomely. And that that is the analytics game that everyone is playing and looking at these percentages and why they should or shouldn't go for it. And I think it's okay to be aggressive, especially early on in a game um, when you're playing a team that you in theory, think you should be better than. Um, I had no issues. And of course, in hindsight, you could say, Kevin should have taken the points there, but you wouldn't say that if he we would have scored on that drive and gotten a touchdown. So it, it's just, I feel like it's so easy to say that after the fact, but I, I still think it's smart for him to be aggressive in the way that he is. The Browns are sixth in the league right now in EPA per play. They have a very efficient offense. Kevin is calling great games so far, and the, the Falcons one wasn't his best, but like He was incredibly smart in the Pittsburgh game. I thought he called a great game. I mean, in the Jets game, called another fantastic game, and Jacoby was balling out. It was, you know, obviously the defensive failures in that game um, that we really struggled with. Look, I I love Jacoby, and I think Jacoby's great, but you do need your quarterback to be playing well in order to have some success. Um, And when Jacoby does play well, our offense runs amazingly. But if he's missing throws or you know not finding guys open and uh, you know not 
not seeing the field in the way he has in some of the other games, then of course we're not going to be as good of a team. And you can't just put that on Kevin. Like we know what limitations we have with Jacoby Brissett and we have to be aware of that when judging what Kevin Stefanski is doing out there. Um, and I really think he, in general, has called some great games this season. And we got to be careful of jumping to conclusions. I th- I feel like it's just so easy to always either blame the coach or like the quarterback. Those are the two things that people go to. And a lot of responsibility does fall on those two guys. But you just because something doesn't work doesn't mean it was the wrong call. And I think that's something we all need to realize as fans is, you know, Things don't work some of the time, but from a strategic standpoint and the way you're looking at the game, maybe it still was the smartest move to make. It just wasn't executed right. And that happens. Like you fail in sports a lot of the time. I feel like we expect this level of perfection that just is not realistic and doesn't happen really on any team. So um, I think Kevin is fine. I don't think he's in the hot seat. Um, I don't really think like Joe Woods is in the hot seat either, to be honest. I don't think any of the coaches are. I think they're giving it some more time. It's been kind of um, a heated off season to say the least. And I think um, Jimmy's just going to kind of watch things go, especially as we come up here with Deshaun Watson returning to the facility soon and just, you know, a few weeks out now from him returning to the field, I think I think that Jimmy would want to see everything with Deshaun out there and then judge things from that point on is kind of how I would think about it. At the same time, like Jimmy's made rash decisions before, so I wouldn't put it past him to do something crazy. He has done that in the past, but I just I don't see it at this time considering how controversial the moves were that were made this offseason. Um, and, you know... It's hard to know who to blame in this specific game, I guess. I expected our our defense to struggle, especially against the run. I thought our secondary actually looked pretty good in general. Um, But we had Miles and Clowney out. Like That's not a small thing to just discount. And I feel like people don't appreciate what it means to have uh, two elite edge rushers out there and how teams face us because of that and if we had at least one of them out there I think that would have totally changed the way um, Atlanta's offense ran because they were just running the ball all over us because they knew they could Uh, and that's pretty much what happened there was one drive where I think they ran the ball like seven plays in a row all the way down the field I mean it was it was rough but that was kind of what we expected so Um, it's really hard for me to judge the defense like that when you're missing like your two best players. Uh, so pretty tough. I don't want to blame any one person. Like football games are complicated and it's weird. It's hard to blame just one person. Okay. Um, next question. Does Deshaun Watson make the Browns a better football team or do their problems lie elsewhere? That kind of ties in with the last one as well, but, um, yes, I do think Deshaun, the football player, makes the Browns a better football team. Like I said with Jacoby, I love Jacoby. I truly do. I think he is an incredible human, and I am excited when he succeeds because I want him to succeed. Uh, But he did struggle a bit, uh, and some missed throws, and not seeing guys open, and those types of things. Um, And that's going to happen when you have someone that was supposed to be your backup quarterback. And that's no shade to Jacoby because... 
I do think if he continues to like have these bright games this season, like he had against Pittsburgh and the Jets, he could potentially get a starting job somewhere. I mean, quarterbacks are all over the place in the league right now. There's a lot of inconsistency. So I could see someone, you know, wanting him and that being uh, a thing. But at the same time, like he is sort of supposed to be a backup. Um, And we just have to expect that, but also know that if Deshaun Watson was in that offense, that game would definitely be different. Um, that's why they went and paid him $230 million guaranteed is because they know that about him, the player. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, of course we have other problems. There's always going to be other problems. There's defensive issues that still need to be fixed at times. Um, you know, receivers getting open, those kinds of things. Sure. But when you have an elite quarterback out there, I mean, just like even Patrick Mahomes, think about the way he plays the game as a quarterback he elevates everyone around him so he has a bunch of random receivers on his team right now that he's making look really cool by just making these incredible plays Um, and that's what you have when you have an elite quarterback is a guy who can make something out of nothing and who can elevate players who might otherwise not be uh, that successful if they had a lesser quarterback so that's all I have to say about that okay I thought this um, question was super interesting and I'm going to half answer it. Sorry for the, the cheap answer. I just didn't think through <laughs> the rest of the question, but it said, if you could alter one ruler process in game player league administration of the three major American sports, what would it be and why? Um, so I'm just going to answer football right now because I had a quick answer when I saw this question. Maybe I'll try to think of the basketball and baseball ones for next episode. Um, but the one rule in football I hate so much is when the fumble goes into the end zone and it's a touchback and gives the other team the ball, like the Hollywood Higgins play from the Chiefs game. There was almost one the other day that they were reviewing in the Ohio State game that I thought they were going to call and I was going to freak out because I hate that rule more than anything, that if you are right there about to score and you fumble it into the end zone and it's you don't get the ball anymore but if you fumbled it on the half yard line you would still get to keep the ball like it makes no sense to me and I hate that that's a rule and I mean not to go back to that Chiefs game man but that that turned the tides of the game and certainly made a difference in the result so it was incredibly frustrating at the time is still frustrating today uh and to have it not just be that you can't score but you're the other team gets the ball back it's like oh Nothing worse than it. So that is one rule I would change that if you do fumble it like that, like that team gets to keep possession of the ball. I don't know where you place the ball. They can figure that out, but it should not be given up to the other team. It feels ridiculous to me. Okay, last question is actually a Cavs question. Um, Who should start at the three for the Cavs this year? Who will start at the three for the Cavs this year? And who would you like the Cavs to start at the three this year? I think those three answers might be different. I thought that was a really interesting question. Um, So two of my answers actually are going to be the same. I think Isaac Okoro is going to start at the three. And I I also think he should start. I think it makes uh, the most sense in rounding out that lineup. And I think the other guys will do quite well off the bench. There's been some positive feedback so far during camp and everything about how Isaac Okoro has looked and the way he has improved a lot of his game this offseason. Um, I saw some quotes from Donovan Mitchell today saying some good things about Okoro and how strong he's gotten. Um, so those are things I like to hear. 
Uh, and just given his experience already, I, I see him ending up as the starter. Um, but, you know, the Lamar Stevens stan in me would like Lamar Stevens <laughs> to start at the three, which is probably not um, everyone's number one choice. But, you know, me and my, my dad were having conversations about him this weekend because we both really love him and the way he plays. And I'm just excited for him and hoping he's going to get like uh, an actual con- like big contract with the Cavs, kind of like a, a Dean Wade contract, uh, which would be very exciting for him. So we will see what happens. I think it's going to be a Coro, though, at the end of the day. Just makes the most sense for where they're at right now. Okay, so starting to uh, lose my voice a little here. It's been a long weekend. Like I said, didn't didn't get to sleep very much uh, considering my being awake for a long time and, you know, have a job too, so there's that. But um, hopefully this coming week the Browns play the Chargers. Don't know what's going to happen because the Chargers are quite injury-filled right now. They, they are beat up for sure, and... You know, Justin Herbert has had his issues with his ribs and stuff, and you just, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Bosa's on IR, I think. Lots, ton of injuries on that roster. So really anything can happen, but we need to bring our A game, play our best game. I'm hoping to God either Miles or Clowney are back. One of them should be, um, because that would help us tremendously in just the way we can game plan when you have one of those guys out there. So we will see what happens. Um... But that is all I have for today. If you could just leave a review or rating uh, on Apple Podcasts, follow, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And I will catch you guys on the next one. Go Browns.